This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. Made by BBC Sports for BBC Sounds, the Sports Desk. I'm Sarah Mulkerns. I'm Dan Rowan. And I'm Nesta McGregor. And we present the Sports Desk, the weekly podcast that explores the biggest news stories in sport and the human issues behind them. So far, we have covered the future of sport in Afghanistan and super shoes in athletics. An Olympics like no other recorded on location in Tokyo and COVID vaccine hesitancy among sports stars. The secrets of the age-defined athlete, Alaton Brady and Cristiano Ronaldo. And we asked did Simone Biles change the game on mental health? That is the Sports Desk on BBC Sounds. Hit subscribe and a new episode will appear every Friday. The Sports Desk from BBC Sports. Available now on BBC Sounds. Now, back to your podcast. Hello, you're listening to No Balls, the cricket podcast. And unfortunately for you guys, my co-host, Kate Cross, is a bit of a potty mouth. So you might hear... No, no, no you're not allowed to say that because that is what I plan to say. So you might hear the occasional and but please don't turn off because our producer Henry is very good at beeping them out. So don't stay with us. Enjoy the podcast. And cross strikes in the first over. It's what England were looking for. Hartley balls down the track, comes scoring this time she connects. It's either six or out, it's six. Hello and welcome back to No Balls of Cricket Podcast with me, Kate Cross, and you, Alex Hartley. She's Hello. got a BBC mic, she's very official. How you doing? Straight from work. My, well, as we discovered last week, my microphone wasn't working. We've just plugged in a different one and it's the microphone that's broke. So I am now very official. I feel like I'm doing an actual interview. Yeah, so it wasn't working and we thought you were doing something silly. And it turns out it was actually broken. So bye-bye microphone. Yeah, this good one that we got a little freebie a while back she gone it's probably when it traveled around with us for the entire hundred and we were just literally lugging it and smashing it and doing all sorts to it yeah i think we've broken it all right probably a little bit broken otherwise how are you doing i'm all right thank you i'm all right i've well we got up stupid o'clock this morning for our guest didn't we no we got up at stupid o'clock because of you yeah yeah for our guest Yeah. yeah yeah so we've got a guest yeah, we have. We've got a little guest. Um, but yeah, I'm tired. Mm. Really tired. I've just done a full day's work on two cricket games that were bang average. And, oh, really? Um, yeah, it's just been one of them days, a long one. What about you? Same, really. Um, I've got up early to do our guest and then oh, yeah. trained all day. Um, and then trained all day. And when you text me saying you were tired, I was like, literally just finished training. So can relate. Yeah, but I've got the giggles, so I text you saying, let's do the pod before dinner, or before I make my dinner. Um, probably just going to have some hummus, to be honest, because it's seven o'clock now. Nice, nice. Shall we, because we didn't do it last week, should we go into Trough and Peak of the Week? Trough and? Peak of the Week. Peak of the Week. Peak of the Week. Have you got anything? Uh, mine have rolled into one, actually. Okay. You want me to go first because you look very unorganised and don't seem to have any kind of notes this week. I haven't got, I've got one note, but this can be my trough, so it's fine. Okay, cool. So I did something on Friday that I'm never going to be able to say again that I've done. So I went to Sixes Cricket Club to do a appearance with my sponsor and I got to bat an innings of the 100 with Joe Root. Nice. nice. The Joe Root, the best, one of the best batters in the world. Actually, probably only just recovered from a bad back from carrying England all summer. Yeah, his shoulders did look larger. Yeah. Said he'd come on the pod, though. He did say he'd come on the pod. Need to work out how to get in touch with him now. He actually said he's really disappointed he didn't invite him on the pod. <laughs> yeah, a little bit sad about it. So it's good to know that we're getting our the name out there and No Balls is literally going... I mean, I say global, it's going to the men's dressing room and they're That's aware good. of it. That is good. It is good. Um, so yeah, t- uh, peak of the week, I got to bat with Joe, like partnered him. Yeah. Trough of the week. Okay, here we go. We scored 167 in our 100 innings. So off 100 balls, 167 runs. Good score. Did you do 50 balls each? 
yep, we did. We went five, 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 five. Yep, all the way through to 100. 167, good score. You'd take that at halftime, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely would. Joe scored 117. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You got 50. I got 50 and I raised my bat. But I got 50 off 50. He got 117 off 50. I was like the Jack Leach to the Ben Stokes. You know, I was just the supporting role. Yeah, but Crossy, without you, there ain't no partnership. That is true. I did get out three times to Adil Rashid's Yorker as well. So didn't learn my lessons, but can happen. It can happen. But that's your, is that both Trough and Pete? Because you did it with Joe, but he was really good. You weren't. Yeah. So Trough was not being as good as the best batter in the world. Pete being got to bat with the best batter in the world. Nice. And he was really, he actually was really sweet about it all as well. Like I played like a shot for three and he'd be like, oh, good shot. (laughs) That's sweet. Sweet or patronizing? No, it actually came across sweet. I think others would have probably taken it as patronizing, but I bat number 11 for England. He bats number three or four, whatever he bats now. Four, I think. Happens. But you had a good day? I had a lovely day, yeah. Really good. I think we should go there. I think we should take the team. Uh, yeah, I do. We, well, we're going to do a live podcast from there, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, promise them that we'd go back and do one. Yeah, so I will leave the broken microphone at home and take this official BBC one. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, I haven't got any peaks this week, but I've got a few troughs. Yeah, all right. Well, maybe we'll stumble across a peak while you're going through your troughs. Yeah, maybe. Um, fitness testing this weekend, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I walked in on you doing the yo-yo, as in I was at Old Trafford and happened to need to go into the indoor school whilst you were doing it. And your face was like the colour of our logo, the No Balls logo. Crossy, that's the first running session I've done, probably since the 100. Yeah, you, I'm, yeah. I'm you, very, you've got an off season. Yeah, I'm very unfit. I'm very out of shape. I've put on a bit of podge. You know, these things happen. So that was fitness testing, but I'm counting it as the first running session of the winter because it was horrific. That's what October's for, though. That, you know, you men are enjoy your time off. You men are going on holiday. You men are drink. You men are eat. And you did all that. Yeah. You just didn't do any running in between to kind of counteract. <laughs> just rang my mum on the way home. She said, how did fitness testing go? And I said, not great. And she just burst out laughing. She's like, well, it's a starting point. Exactly. You're only going to get better from here, which is we'll look forward to hearing your progress on the pod. Well, January last year is the fittest I've ever been. So I've got till January to get where I was. I don't need to be any fitter than I was because I was stupidly fit. And there's no need when you just feel a fine leg. So we're going to find a happy medium. Do you know what I heard today, which I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but I think the Southeast Stars made their girls fitness test the day after the cricket season. Oh, that's savage. But now they don't have to fitness test till January. So now they're kind of smug about it. But imagine the day after you finished having to go and do the yo-yo. I think Yorkshire did something pretty similar as well, like a week after. Did they? I'd have said to Lewis, no. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're back in training as well. It's not like they've had an extra week off. No, but now they don't have to have the anxiety of fitness testing now till January. Yeah, very true. No peak. It's been a very... Oh, no, I've got a peak. Oh, here she goes. I commentated my first England World Cup game. Yes. Yes. And you got it because you deserve it as well. You've done so much of this World Cup. Yeah, and it was honestly commentating with Ishigua, Jonathan Agnew. Incredible. Like, I just kept thinking, like, well, how? How am I with these people? Like, it's amazing. And you got to watch Joss Butler bat one of the innings that I have, I didn't know an innings like that could exist. Joss Butler do Joss Butler things. Like everyone, you, you can't even compare it to the innings that he played against Australia because they were just so different, weren't they? Like he went out against Australia and took them out of the game immediately. This innings against Sri Lanka, he had to work so hard for those runs, but then still made it look really easy at the end. I know. He, he said, he was like, oh, I thought 120 would be a good score. And then after 10 overs, he just started absolutely moosing it. And Owen Morgan getting 40 off 36 balls is like huge as well because he's been out of so-called form. But it's not just him getting runs. It's the partnership that he built with Butler to make them accelerate. Like it was just such an incredible game of cricket. Yeah. I just, I, 
I know we we did our predictions last week and I said that it was going to be Australia, Pakistan and then said England are going to win. But I just don't see how anyone can beat England at the minute. Such a strong team, isn't it? So, so good. Frighteningly good. Mm. Come on, England. Come on, England. Have you got anything on your sticky note this week? I've got a few things on the sticky note that I just want to address. Oh, yeah. First of all, we need to touch on it because it was a big deal last week. People really latched onto it. The bread knife debate. The bread knife debate. We've had so many emails. It's um, it's really half and half for me. I, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of people for you. I'm seeing a lot of people, Team Crossy. Like there's, there really is, it's just one of them things that some people do and some people don't do. Yeah. We've actually had someone get in touch with us saying, please don't tell me you've got one of those things that you put your knives in, which you've got. So like a, a knife holder, because he said there's so much bacteria in one of those. There's more bacteria in one of those than there is on a toilet seat. Well, there must be more bacteria in the ones where you don't wash the bread knife and just put it back in. So technically cleaning the bread knife and then putting it in must mean there's less bacteria. Yeah. Something has happened in this house as well. Got that on my sticky note. Yeah. Again, I want to address this. I want to talk to people because I've got a bit of flack for this. You have, and rightly so. Yeah, rightly so. I, it's not something that I do normally. The toaster in the cupboard. <laughs> psycho. Is, is psycho behavior. I fully admit it. I've never lived anywhere where the, the toaster has lived in the cupboard other than this flat. And the reason for that is because I don't have a big kitchen. I don't have the luxury of toaster space on the counter. No, you don't. But. Because you live there and because it's so much effort for you to get the toaster out of the cupboard every no, day. No, no, you've changed it because you've got so much flack on social media, surely. That, that toaster will be back in the cupboard the second you leave that flat, trust me. Because I don't use it counting. every day. <laughs> I don't use it every day. You do, apparently. I do. I do use it most days. So it lives on the top of the microwave now, which is also a bit weird. Yeah. There's bit... nowhere else for it to go. A bit odd, but... And then we've got no room for the fruit bowl, but the fruit bowl's normally empty. So. We decided that we use the fruit bowl less than the toaster, so the fruit bowl's now in the cupboard where the toaster lived. <laughs> oh, ten out of we, ten athletes, everybody. Yeah, we've actually got a basket for our potatoes at the minute because we've got so many. Right, that needs to go as well. That's terrible. Yeah, it's like this little golden basket and it's just got three potatoes in it. <laughs> it's awful. I got a birthday present in it and now it's a potato holder. Awful. Anyway, <laughs> another thing on my sticky note. Um, I want your honest opinion Okay. on the red trousers that England wore. Striking, but I like them. Getting in the festive season, getting in the festive mood. The thing, I didn't mind them. The thing that I hated was that the red of the trouser didn't match the red of the top. Yeah, and that, that really, really got my OCD. Yeah, that, yeah. It, it didn't match, did it? But I actually quite like the flair of it. Um. And I got used to it, but it didn't look right with the blue pads. That was illegal. Yeah. That's yeah, a, that's a get in the bin. Yeah. Put them in the bin. They were, they were very, I don't even know how to describe them. They were just striking probably is the right word actually, but they well, came you, from nowhere as well. Well, you, you had a great phrase actually, because we said, oh, they probably come from some Dubai market and that England are sponsored by New Balance. And you said. Yeah, probably some No Balance ones from the <laughs> local market. <laughs> Last thing on my sticky note, which I really want to talk about before we go into our emails. We've not even touched on the fact that Ben Stokes is going to the Ashes. Oh, my God. And we're not even touched on the fact that you predicted it weeks ago. Told you. Literally you... told everyone. Well, no, I told you. Cross, Right, everybody. Crossy texted me, I want to say, four weeks ago and said, I've got a feeling. I said, go, go on. What is it now? <laughs> What, what is got? it this time? What is it this time? You said Ben Stokes is going to Australia. To which I said, they've announced the squad. No, he's not. I just, there was, he put so much stuff on his social media of him batting and bowling. And I was like, why is he doing cricket now when the next cricket that he was going to play would be the season next year or potentially the West Indies tour in February, March? So I was like, he's going to Australia. He's getting ready to go. And lo and behold, Ben Stokes going, going to, to Australia. Ashes. How good. It is so good. 
Um, the, someone asked me about this in an interview the other day, actually. They said, you know, what does it do to the England team? And I was like, I don't even really care about the England team. But first and foremost, Ben Stokes is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's he gone through such a tough time. Yeah. And he obviously, this like, when you hear someone's just got a finger injury, you think it's so minor. But he was obviously in so much pain and it was two operations still didn't get it sorted. So there's nothing worse than playing the sport that you love, but feeling like you can't play it properly. Yeah. And, and he, he ended up having a break for mental fatigue, didn't he? He wasn't quite right. Um, gone through a really tough time. And the fact that he's got through the other side of that, and that, that just shows guys that like your tunnel scenario, some people's tunnels are shorter than others. You just don't know how long the tunnel's going to be, but there's always an end point. There's always light at the end of the tunnel. There always is. Right. Before you make me cry. Should we do some emails? Yeah. Um, who should we go upstairs with this week? There's an umpire, Crossy. I don't know if anyone knows this, but I'm going to do some breaking news. In the World Cup, who's been told he can't umpire for six days because he broke the COVID bubble. <laughs> oh, who is it? Michael Goff. Right. Michael Goff. Let's go upstairs and sneak around with Michael Goff. Let's breach some COVID protocols. So good. Wonder oh, what he was doing. Up. Wonder what he was doing. Dear both, it's so good to hear the pair of you again and that you've both had decent holidays. With regards to Alex's non-functioning mic, is there a red button for her to press? <laughs> Best wishes, Phil. There's a black button. But I still don't know if it, when it's down, is it on? And if it's up, it's off. I don't know. But we always, we don't know. We always have a flick around and see what the buttons do. Um, but she's gone. She's gone. P.S. Whether to wash the bread knife or not depends on whether anyone else is there. Surely on your own can be as dusty and as grubby as you like. It's the same with the dusting. Quentin Crisp famously didn't dust, saying that after the first four years, he didn't notice it. That's disgusting. Get that, in is, that, that, that is gross filthy we've got so many emails titled bread knives toasters yeah. wash the bread knife <laughs> hello ladies great to have you back i cannot put into words how important being able to switch off from the tantrums of the last 18 months by listening to your podcast has been it's chaotic bonkers and has the chuckle muscles going and the tears rolling down my face at times please don't change and hopefully you will look at doing some live shows around the uk I'm thinking about it Thinking about it. Anyway, on Thursday the 21st, during the ICC World T20 commentary on TMS, Alex talked about wearing a shirt from the World Cup consistently in 2017. Right, basically, during the 2017 World Cup, I wore the same shirt every game because we were winning it and we did well. Obviously, I washed it in between. Anyway, my questions are then, what is the longest period of time you've worn cricket clothing, not personal clothing, for without using the washing machine? Probably when we used to play county championship cricket and you used to go away for like four or five days and play four or five games of cricket in that time. And you just, there was no way of washing the one shirt you got given. So you just literally had to stink. Yeah. And you'd get to day four and everyone would be like, anyone got any deodorant? Mm. But everyone was in the same boat. So you just kind of rode the wave. Yeah. And question number two was when will TMS let you joint summarize on commentary together? Surely. Probably never after you today. I'm probably never going back. <laughs> you Clinton Baptiste over there. Oh, yeah. Hi, Kate and Alex. I'm confused and here's why. I've heard you both say on your truly excellent pod previously that the women don't play enough cricket and probably spend too much time training, especially in contrast with the men. However, as we've now completed the 2021 season, I've seen a few folk on social media state that the women must be knackered given all the international and regional cricket that has gone on. And one or two have speculated that this is why we've seen so many batting collapses from the top slash middle order in recent weeks, both international and regional. Importantly, I don't recall seeing any player actually say this. Obviously, it's been far from a normal season, both with ongoing COVID team management scenarios and the introduction of the 100 tournament, but too much cricket. Given you both have done double duty as commentators throughout the summer, as well as playing, you both must be truly knackered. Seriously, what's your take on it? So basically, we need to play more cricket. And this season was the start of us playing more cricket. 
but because it's the first time we've played cricket week in, week out from April through to the end of September, everybody was tired because we're not used to it. Yeah. And to add another layer onto that, last season, I played two competitive games of cricket because of COVID. So we've gone from one extreme to the other. So no one is complaining of having too much cricket. If anything, we're just not quite used to the balance of how to deal with that. The guys literally have done it since they were 12 years old and we're just new to it. So that's why we got tired. We're just figuring it all out. We've got time for one more before we move on. Yeah, sure. Hello, Alex and Kate. I've been thinking a bit about the structure of domestic game recently and wondered, given how positive you've both been about getting more women's test matches, whether there would be room for teams like the Thunder to play three or four day cricket alongside white ball stuff. We've been, we would say, we said yes. I think we said this, we spoke about this on the podcast before, but I think Thunder should play diamonds in a three day game. Vipers should play Storm, vice versa. And let's just get that ball rolling. Why not? Yeah, I don't think you're going to lose anything from doing it, but you might gain a lot because, like we said, when you're trying to pick that test squad for England, no one knows who's good at three-day cricket because no one does it. You're just guessing. You play one warm-up game, you go, they did all right. Get a test cap. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This then posed another dilemma. We already have got Charlotte Edwards Cup and the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy. Could Jan Britton step up to the plate as she did during the inter-squad matches during lockdown? But then... It suddenly all clicked and the light bulb came on. Stellar contribution, playing for England, tick. Wonderful service to umpiring, tick. Cult hero, tick. Mm -hmm. The Sue Redfern trophy, it is. Oh my God! Playing four or five day cricket, I'd be well up for that. I'd play in the Sue Redfern trophy. I I think I'd be up for that. Yeah, do you think Sue, Sue would umpire her own trophy? That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't that it? That would be cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm keen for a Sue Redfern trophy. Yeah, maybe we get that trending. We've got a lot to get trending at the minute. We do. Get your flop on is another one. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I listened to our podcast from last week and I actually said on it that the hashtag is hat stacking. So that's yeah. where I've got that hashtag from, but you've been going cap stacking. So there's a bit of a, a dilemma yeah. there as well. Uh, well, we've said it on the pod. I'll go hat stacking. So we're changing to hat stacking now. Hat stacking. Okay. P.S. And here it is. If you're after an LBW, I can only do my ironing if I have a cider on the go. It seems to make the time pass quicker. Unfortunately, I live pretty close to my local A&E in case of any accidents. Best wishes, Johnny. (laughs) Johnny. Really thought about that. You know, I'm going to have a cider while ironing, but I'm not too far from A&E in case it goes wrong. Is that an LBW or is that a coping mechanism? I think that's more of a coping mechanism. I mean, we've got an LBW between us. We do not own an iron. I don't think that's an LBW. See, yeah, there's been occasions this summer where I've wanted to wear something and it's been horrendously creased that I've not been able to. I had to try and get my hair straighteners on a dress for the tail enders. The, that day was a bad day altogether, really, wasn't it? We were struggling. There was potatoes everywhere you know we didn't want to go we then went we mustered up the courage to go we tried to have another beer it tasted horrendous and as I walked past the the bathroom I noticed you had a dress hung up in there and I was like what are you doing why is that there and you were like yeah I'm trying to steam it yeah yeah you've been in the shower for four minutes (laughs) I just needed the creases to come out but um I'm actually going to buy a steamer because they're really good Steamers are good. I just, the niche, aren't they? Like, what? how often do you steam things? Don't know, but I think if I buy one, I'll steam a lot of things. You will probably steam a lot more things. But I, I don't believe in ironing. I think it's a myth. I think you wash your clothes, you put them on the maiden, you fold them up, you put them in your cupboard. I did notice you've hung my washing out for me as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Should we introduce this week's guest? Let's introduce our guest. We've got another special guest for you all this week, and it's my pleasure to introduce him. We've got, all the way from Dubai, captain of Scotland, currently at the ICC T20 World Cup, as his background suggests, we've got Kyle Kurtzer. Kyle, welcome to No Balls, a cricket podcast. Uh, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, amazing to be on. I've been waiting for this opportunity for a while, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got one question for you, and then you can leave. No. <laughs> um, do you listen to the podcast? Yes, I do. 
And do you clean your bread knife? No, I don't. Yes. No, why not? Why are you all psychos? A little, a little brush off with the uh, kitchen towel, maybe, and then away it goes. You two are just dicing with salmonella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you keep your toaster, Kyle? Well, that was the next thing, wasn't it? Um, the toaster definitely stays on the counter. Oh, okay, yeah. I actually admitted that I know that I'm. it's quite psychotic behaviour to have your, your toaster in the cupboard, but I've not got the luxury of kitchen space, so you must have a big kitchen. Uh, it's, it's, there's enough space in there, but my next question for you is where do you keep your bread? Yeah, well, that's a really weird one as well because Crossy leaves it on top of the, on top of the spices. What? <laughs> She's got a little spice rack and she just leaves it on there. No, it, surely that's the thing that goes away in the cupboard and the toaster stays on top. Maybe when I've got a bigger kitchen, I'll take all this into consideration. But we're not here to talk about bread and toast and bread knives. Where are you at the minute? I mean, I have told everyone where you are, but what are you up to? How's it all going? Talk to us. Yeah, uh, so currently in, in Dubai, we with our first... Our first group stage of the, the World Cup was in Oman, which we're pretty lucky to be there, actually, because the, the resort was stunning. Guys were enjoying themselves. There was a private beach, and so we actually had a bit of space to roam around. But since we've been in Dubai, it's been a little stricter. Um, we can see the pool out my window to the left. I can see the swimming pool, but I can't actually go to it. So oh, really not allowed. Yeah, oh. well, we've got, a, we've got a small one around the corner, which is classed as a pool, but... It's somewhere for us to sort of dip our feet in, you know. Um, <laughs> a little puddle. <laughs> yeah, just a little puddle. Uh, and yeah, obviously in the middle of the, the the main event, I guess. And yeah, no wins to our name in the Super 12s. But Well, we were about to say, so you smashed the first lot of games. You got three out of three. What's actually your mindset going into the Super 12s? Like, is it like, let's just see how it goes or let's go out there and win? Yeah, the, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Like, you've got to try and position yourself in the in the right right place for these games, and you have to be realistic at the same time. But w- we also can't be going in there worrying uh, or fearing the opposition. If you if you go in and try and play a brand of cricket, it's going to give yourself every chance of winning the game of cricket. That that's that's the best chance. But we know we've got to play up there uh, and keep raising our bar, and that'll give us the best chance. But, you know, how cricket is it? It's got weird and wonderful ways of. Uh, keeping you honest and keeping you level to the ground. It's tough, isn't it? Because the teams you're playing against who are then winning those moments are teams that are so used to playing in these big tournaments. They're so used to playing in front of the big crowds. Like For, for you guys, have you spoke about that as a team or are you just trying to embrace it all? Like what, what are you chatting about as a team? Yeah, it, it's about dealing with the pressure, isn't it? When the pressure's on, can you make a good decision and can you execute it at that time? Uh, yeah, we we are trying to embrace it definitely, but it's a pretty pretty tough challenge for us. But we also we have to be willing to go and go and take them on and, and not not fear them. So uh, yeah, the experience is is brilliant brilliant for us, and the only way we'll get better is to continue playing games like that. And ultimately, there's when we play in tournaments like this, we're actually we're we're learning on on in the game the yeah. whole time, you know, because we haven't got the the depth of experience some people may have in playing in terms of so playing uh, at venues like this or, or whatever, you know, you're, we're learning as we're, as we're going along too. Nice. I've come to the conclusion that you guys must have somebody that flicks in the nets stupidly fast because I saw a stat yesterday that people bowling over 140 clicks, nobody's got you out. <laughs> What, what, have we not faced anyone bowling over 140 clicks? Is that yes, issue? I think there's been 17 deliveries and not one has got anyone out. Well, well, there was also a stat that we just missed lots of straight balls. Oh, no. <laughs> Can happen. <laughs> so your coach flicks fast, but he doesn't know where it's going. <laughs> yeah. And if they just bowl in the stumps, we just keep getting out. That, that was, I think it was, it was in the pre-match presentation or something. Scotland, if you just bowl straight, they miss them. Yeah, well, right. I'll actually find the stat and send it to you. <laughs> Don't quote me on it. <laughs> Everyone will think you've been doing loads of research, Kyle. I've just been listening to the, the Oddballs podcast. <laughs> um, what does it actually mean for Scottish cricket for you guys to get through to the Super 12s? Yeah, look, it's a really important phase of our journey in terms of progression, and hopefully from an associate member to a more uh, experienced and 
possibly full member further down the line. Uh, the the exposure and that then the and the excitement it has brought back home has just been pretty spectacular, to be honest. The, the, well, the fact that I've been asked to come in this podcast is you know just showing how far and wide our, our uh, you know the excitement's got. So yeah, we we want you know like anywhere in the UK, you you want people to be playing cricket as much as you possibly can, and and the youngsters to be watching it. I mean, that's that's where I started years years and years ago. I remember George Salmond walking out for Scotland at the 19, I think it was the 99 World Cup. And 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 that was, that was something that sort of got me going. So yeah, look, the exposure, where, where we've got to, where it's going to, it's only going to only gonna improve things. I found the stat. Did you? Yeah. Scott, <laughs> it's not worded very well. So don't, I'm not saying this. Scotland have found a way to survive against high pace in this tournament, albeit without scoring particularly quickly. From 17 balls they've faced that have been 140 or quicker, they've scored 17 runs but haven't lost any wickets. Yes. Yes. Um, Kyle, by all accounts, like we follow you on social media, I follow a couple of the Scottish lads as well. You properly look like you're embracing this World Cup. It looks like you're all having the best time. So we were wondering, can you give us your highlight of the World Cup so far and your low light of the World Cup so far? Highlight? Give me anything. Okay. Uh, well, I think the highlight is probably going to have to be uh, that, that, well, the victory against Bangladesh was very, was really special just because of, you know, they, they've come off a couple of big series and they, I think they beat in Australia and New Zealand leading up to the, that phase of the competition. So us beating them was, was pretty special. But I think the win against Oman just to seal seal the victory um, and seal qualification to Super 12, I think that, that's probably the moment. There's a nice embrace with myself and Richie Barrington there. It was a nice moment. Um, the, the cameras captured that. So that was pretty special. And... The lowest uh, was probably, yeah, probably the loss to Namibia or Nambia, as, as some people say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now you, you do listen. Uh, that, that was probably the, the lowest moment. And like, I wasn't able to play that game. So uh, it was hard for me to sit and watch that on the sidelines as well. But like, full confidence in our group, you know, that's only going to make us stronger. But there. They're the highs and lows, and I hope you've been. I hope you've, you've spotted Wavy Davy. Wavy Davy, can you talk to me about this? Does he just literally wave every time you've got a camera on him? Yeah, pr- pretty much. This started going back about 2015, I reckon. <laughs> and uh, we'd done something back then, and then I got a message from from your mate Jack Brooks. He says, oh, "When's, yeah. Dave, when's Wavy Davy coming back out?" And there we go. <laughs> I just started slyly catching uh, Josh on on the camera and. There, it just started again, so it's just been a daily thing, just a daily update of Wavy Davy. People are asking for merchandise. <laughs> Wavy Davy t- Start some t-shirts. Yeah. Um, before before the competition started, you actually got voted to have the best kit in the competition. Um, was it a young young girl called Rebecca that designed That's your right. kit? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. It's brave letting a young kid sign your kit because you could have ended up with anything. <laughs> yeah. we, we could have done, but thankfully it was a thankfully it was a competition, so it wasn't just <laughs> you're this one young girl. Please can you design a <laughs> kit, and then it comes out whatever she did. So, yeah, she did. She's done a great job, Rebecca. I got a chance to meet her. At, we played Zimbabwe in three T20Is in Edinburgh before we left, and yeah, she was over the moon. And uh, yeah, she's done a great job. I think. I think the, the colours and the designs is excellent. There has been a tiny bit of controversy around you being mostly purple, though, because Scotland's oh, yeah. always been the navy blue, hasn't it? So where's the purple come from? Rebecca. Yeah, but Rebecca, why? Yeah. Rebecca, no, I, I think... You just reinvented Scottish cricket. <laughs> uh, Rebecca came up with the design, but I think the mastermind behind the, the purple was our um, Mark Holmes lady called Adriana Wright at Cricket Scotland. She's done a fantastic job. And she, she said she wanted to be brave and go with the colours. So she went with purple. Yeah. You, we actually have a bit in common because when we played in the KSL, we didn't win a game one year, but we always said that we had the best kit. But we were So we top kit, bottom of the league. So <laughs> similar to Scotland, go. top kit, bottom of the league. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it, yeah. yeah. It'll change, won't it? It'll change. Yeah. We've actually got a challenge for you, Kyle. We were wondering if you could um, jump on board with something that we're trying to get trending on social media. 
right? Have you seen the hat stacking? Yes. So, well, we you're not going to win the World Cup, but no balls have got the hat stacking World Cup and you, you, you're not up there. You're not up there. How many sure am I? It's not. Four it's minutes. not about the the number. It's about the flair. Have you seen Stoyness with the one forward, one back? No, no. He he. Right. Let me quickly show you. I would get crucified for that. But <laughs> one of our favourite ones. Four in a row. Four in a row. One of our favourite ones was Marmadilla. Yeah. Oh no, it was Bavuma. Bavuma had like hats, caps, <laughs> glasses, all sorts. But we're wondering if you could. Do something quite flair, but also get a floppy in there. Get a floppy on as well, okay. Yeah, because yeah. You, you're quite boring here, aren't you? You've got a pair of sunglasses, a couple of caps, a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, I'm not pushing the boat out very far, am I? No. We just so, think that you can do a lot more. So we've, I've, this is I've the challenge. Got a think, I've definitely got a thinking face on in that photo as well, haven't I? Yeah, you're probably <laughs> thinking, who's next to ball? <laughs> who's, who's next to ball and who's bowling the short boundary? Yeah, not Here's thinking, Morgs. can I get another cap on? <laughs> Morgs with a floppy and a hat and some sunnies on. See, there's some options you've got, Carl. You don't, you know, there's there's competitions to be won here. So we're wondering if you want to jump on board, we will promote you all over the socials. I'm definitely up for that game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then when you, well, we've actually got a question. Maybe you can answer it. So Marmadula had four caps on. So he's obviously got his own cap on. He's got the bowler's cap, probably the wicketkeeper's cap. Whose is the fourth cap? Short legs. Short legs. <laughs> like in a T20, love or, it. Or maybe he knew about the hat stacking World Cup that No Balls is doing. Maybe he did. You're going to have to ask him. You're going to have to ask him. I can't wait to watch your next game and in the last over, you've got everybody's caps on. <laughs> Everyone's cap on and I'm like walking, just trying to balance the top one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love that you're on board with it though. I mean... We're tackling the big issues here, guys. The real big issues of cricket. Um, Cal, what's next after the World Cup for Scottish cricket? What you know? What tournaments you got? You got some internationals to play as well. Uh, so we haven't got anything until April time. So we've got a, a bit of time off. So funnily enough, we've had a, a huge extended break since you know uh, since the pandemic, and then we have seven full-on weeks, and then we have another extended break. It's just the way things have panned out. But once we do start in April, we've got. Uh, series uh, potentially in PNG, which might end up actually being back in du- here in Dubai, possibly. Then we have a series against the USA and a series against Namibia. So we've got, I think we've got four series in, in well, during our summer and before the qualification tournament for the 50 over World Cup. So we've got a load on once we start. It's just one after the next. So the journey is busy. It's a bit quiet to start off with. Everyone sort of refresh and sort of take stock a bit. But I think one of the most important things for, for Cricket Scotland is to try and cash in in this opportunity, the exposure that we've got to try and grow the game and, you know, potentially just find find a big sponsor who wants to come come along with us and try and make guys full-time pl- cricketers. Give people yeah. the chance to do that. Yeah. Is that the difference between associate nations and, and full-time playing nations? Is that um, professionalism and how much, like, full-time payment? I think, it, I think it's time on time on deck isn't it you know like you you could have we, we could train really well you know you have two days training a week or, or whatever uh but people there's a number of the guys that are still working outside there's a number of them that are young enough still living at home that 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 you know they can just focus on their cricket but if if we could have a you know let's say say a squad size of 16 perhaps that that you'd come together and and your full-time cricketers it makes a difference it's time on task isn't it where you where you need to Try and improve, develop your game, improve physically. But I think that's I think that's a difference. I, I, obviously, there's a lot of talent and skill that needs to go with it. But in terms of getting guys' mindset and being full time cricketers, that's a difference. I think there's actually an incredible story in the squad, isn't there? Of um, who's your leggy? Who's he was working full time, and then you just dragged him in for this World Cup, and he's done really well. Yeah, Chris, Chris Greaves. Yeah, so he, like like a number of guys who are just outside the the. So we've got 12 contracts, basically, and, and I'd say the, the bottom five of them, bottom six of them are basically part-time. Uh, and so Chris was doing his thing. You know, he's coming in training as often as he can. He's out delivering parcels for Amazon. And, yeah, he, he came outside the one day, dropped off a parcel, came outside. He's like, 
I must have come out the wrong door. And then we went back in the building, came back out, says, no, that's only one door. His van had been nicked. Oh. So he was, he was, he was, his laptop, his phone, everything was gone. And we're like, we were all at practice waiting for him. Grievo's late again, like classics. One of these guys is late for everything. <laughs> and he couldn't even phone, he'd no phone, no nothing. And people <laughs> started getting worried about him. But he was stuck in a, an estate somewhere in Edinburgh trying to walk his way home, trying to borrow people's <laughs> phone COVID. During COVID, can I, can I borrow you? Can I please use your phone to make a call? People like, no, no chance. You're not touching my phone. <laughs> oh, so he, was, no. he was probably stranded, missing his Amazon van. And uh, yeah, oh, no. that was the end of his story. Now, now he's taking wickets against Bangladesh or whoever in the, in the World Cup. I can't believe somebody would steal a van just to see, like get all their Amazon parcels. Like, what is the world coming to? Well, you just don't know what people are ordering these days, do you? No, well, very true. Very true. I got the shampoo um, and conditioner delivered yesterday, so. <laughs> it's a real, um, sounds like a real similar story to where women's cricket is slash was maybe a year or two ago with just the odd, you know, five or six contracts that are worthy of like a f- full-time role and yeah. the not much playing, a lot of training. Sounds real similar to what we've kind of been through on our journey as well. Definitely, that yeah, it, I think it is is very similar. Look, it's the challenges are trying to balance how you keep improving your game, but also you've also got to live as well. Yeah, and, and also the other similarity, if if I'm you know obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I think players are often learning as they go as well, learning learning in the game sometimes because the opportunity to play the games at a high enough level. Uh, doesn't doesn't come around as much as what you'd hope. So people learn on the, you know, on tours. They learn, you know, they're yeah. often getting faced with challenges that they've never actually faced before, and they're playing their third or fourth ODI. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I remember making my test debut, and I got told to field at mid off, and there was no ring. And I said to Charlotte Edwards, the captain, I was like, "Well, where do I stand? There's nowhere to give me an indication of where the ring is." And she was like, "Crossy, there isn't a ring in test cricket." And I, I like. I know I knew test cricket, I watched it, but you just don't take that in. And that was literally an example of learning on the job. Like in my test debut, I learned that there's no ring. <laughs> wow. Alex, did you know that? Yeah, that's a, it's a great story. I'm glad it's come out on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and Kyle, you did a bit of work with England women um, at the start of the year. How did you find it? I loved every minute of it, uh, actually. The... Uh... It, it came around as a last minute thing. You know, I think as I was driving down, I think Boris just announced we were going into another lockdown or something like that. And I was on the motorway on the way down. I thought, am I going to have to turn around? Do I have to go back? I, I didn't know what, what was going on. But um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. The opportunity to work with, with that group of players and players that I'd been you know, watching on the TV and seeing how the team had been pro- progressing and stuff. But I probably got the yips in the first morning, though, when... I got asked, uh, Kyle, do you mind giving Heather some throwdowns? I was like, yeah, I was absolutely buzzing for it. And I thought, this is great. And then I got there and I thought, oh, geez, I just got all nervous all of a sudden. Oh. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't get throw the ball down the other end. Uh, and I had to apologise to her the next morning. I said, look, I'm really sorry. Like, don't know what happened. And she says, she didn't even realise I had the yips. She said she's seen a lot worse. So that gave me, <laughs> gave me a heap of confidence. She came in at lunchtime and went, that Kyle's crap. Where have we got him from? <laughs> Yeah, no, but it, it was really good. Like for me, what what Kate, what you said there about the experiences and how players are learning all the time and learning on task uh, was something that I felt I could really relate to with with that that group. You know, obviously it's a fine group and quite an experienced group, but there are obviously players that come in that are learning learning on task. And uh, I did I actually manage to have a hit later on in the week and. Yeah, I'll let Kate finish her essay. Well, I, my next thing is, rumour has it, you kick-started Crossy's unbelievable summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I played, I definitely played my part. So, so Carl was my, you were my first international wicket of 2021. Yes. Early January, indoors, <laughs> dragged yes. on. And since then, since then, so there's been two trends that have started. You started <laughs> cleaning people up and I've started getting cleaned up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bowl over 140 miles an hour, so that's probably why. <laughs> that's why. And she just bowls straight. <laughs> you fall in that category of just bowling just just the right pace to clean me up. Right, we've got some just some fun questions, and you've got to answer honestly. Who is your best teammate? Who do you love spending time with? 
Uh, best teammate, Richie Barrington. That was easy. Yeah, uh, easy one. That was, it was, uh, get on with everyone, right? Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm captain, we, yeah. We, we, we've got, we, honestly, honestly, we've got a great bunch of guys here and uh, people are really comfortable mixing with each other. And we're very lucky the way things are like that. But um, Richie, we've been together since the 2009 T20 World Cup. And yeah, good mate. So we go a long way back. Uh, worst teammate? The one that you think, oh, I just really don't want to go for a beer with you tonight. You always have to ask those questions, don't you? Yeah. I've got, I'm gonna, am I going to have to sit on the fence here or am I going to have to just say it? Are they going to listen to this podcast? You know. that's, that's the debate, <laughs> isn't it? All right. Or, or the messiest in the dressing room, just the most annoying. Most annoying. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the, the most annoying, the messiest in the dressing room is definitely Mark Watt. Kit gets thrown everywhere. <laughs> But he is also one of the funniest you'll come across. So I think I, he'll take this pretty lightly. The other other one is, I'm going to I'm going to throw two out there. If I'm not going to say one, I'm going to throw two out there. Michael Leask. Uh, I've known Michael Leask since he was a wee laddie, right? And he was. I used to throw tennis balls at him, and he he still used to smack the ball out the park. Then when he was a little boy, and he used to sleep with his bat. All of that, all of the above. <laughs> and uh, Michael has he's got a personality that. One of these guys has eyes wide open. He never misses a trick and he can't sit in silence. So, you know, when you just, you know, those moments where you just actually want to sit back in your chair and you want to stare at a wall and Michael's in the room, you can just see his eyes just piercing through your head, just <laughs> trying to, wanting to say something. And he, he just can't, he just can't not, he has to break silence, but he's a great, great friend of mine. known him for a long time, but he's uh, Moments of silence, moments where you need yourself. Michael's just the one just piercing yeah, eyes. Doesn't, doesn't understand quiet time. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, what has been the best moment that you've had on a cricket field? Uh, been very lucky. I have a few nice ones. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to bring up en route to that. I think the England game was pretty good, but we'll pass, pass by that one pretty quickly. Now, bring uh, it up. Talk about it. The, I, th- I think the... the Best moment was probably the the Bangladesh game, just because of the the level and everything that surrounded that game in terms of trying to qualify for the Super Twelves and the you know the whole story behind it. So I'm going to say that that Bangladesh victory, where we were, I think Win Predictor had us at four percent, we were fifty odd for six or something. Well, how good you broke the Win Predictor. We've decided that the Win Predictor somebody's just going um, that team, um, that team. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, how could they not tell we would win from 50-odd for six? Well, also, they do a predicted score before a ball's been bowled, so it's like 174. It's like, well, nah, they're going to get 130. <laughs> seen that pitch. Come on. I know, it's ridiculous. Um, what has been your worst moment on a field so far in your career? Uh, I, I, was, I was at North Ants. And I've had my moments in the field over the years, good, some bad. Uh, I played a T20 game that I managed to shell three catches in 20 overs. And that that wasn't a good time for me. So I was like in practicing, taking high balls, and I just kept shelling catches no matter where I was. I reckon I was 10, 10 and 0, however you want to put it, 10 drops before I took a catch that season. Was it because you had three floppy hats on, two hats, three pairs of sunnies? Just couldn't see where it's coming because the hats were on sideways, some were on back and dropping on top. <laughs> I can relate to that. Even if, even if I could see the ball clearly, I reckon I'd stand a good chance of dropping any catch that's going at the moment. Oh, that's a wor- the worst place to yeah. be. Um, have you got <laughs> at a least as captain you can put your thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. What is the best cricket ground that you've played at? Uh, Lords is Lords pretty special. Uh, SCG was a pretty cool experience, but I'm going to have to go with the Grange. The reason I like playing with the Grange, it's a feather bed, so I can score some runs on it. <laughs> nice. nice. Worst, where do you go? And you're like, oh, I really don't want to play there today. <sighs> Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I was just going to say Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Abu Dhabi. Oh, I've had some terrible experiences there. I've had some good ones, but yeah. the majority are horrific. Right. Because you're an avid no balls listener, you'll know that every week we do a little quiz with our guests. So we've prepped five questions for you and we're going to see how well or not well you know your cricket career. Okay, let's go for it. 
Right, I'll kick us off. Question number one. What is higher, your ODI bowling strike rate or your T20 batting strike rate? Uh, batting strike rate. <laughs> <laughs> your bowling strike rate is 179 and your batting strike rate is 120.63. Picked up a few wickets. I was, I was giving myself a chance. Picked up a couple of wickets in T20. Thought I'd be down. Um, what is your highest ODI score? 156. Yes, correct. Who was that against? Bangladesh. No. That count. That was another question. No, no, no. Sorry, that was just me being intriguing. Question number three. How many international boundaries have you hit? Uh, I, I actually have no idea what ballpark this is going to be in. Go Let's on, say, have, a, have a stab in the dark. Let's say, I don't even know how many ODIs I've played. ODIs only. International no, no, ODIs. And T20s. International T20. Okay, so I've played about 200 games. Could only know that because I got given a cap the other day. So let's say 400, I would say two a game. It's not, not actually a, not a bad guess, but you've undersold yourself. You've hit 569 and 86 of those have been sixes. Get in there. You are second in the world, so you've got a record. You're second in the world in ODI cricket, but what for? I am second in the world in ODI cricket. So there's only one person ahead of you in this record, and what is it for? Zeros. No, you've got the worst bowling average. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought I was going to have the most ducks or something like that. No, no, you're miles away on that. You've not had the most ducks. You've, um, yeah, you've got the worst, second worst ODI bowling average. Well done. Congrats. Thanks. So how many have I got? One. <laughs> one wicket. <laughs> I know who that one wicket is, though. Go on. I'm pretty sure it's Neil Kruger from Holland. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Top of off delivery, actually, Crossy. A lot like the one Good that you ball. got. Me. Nice. Nip bat did everything. Yeah. Nice. And last question. What date did you make your T20 debut? T20, T20, T20 or T20i? Is there a difference in there? T20i, yeah, international. I'm going to say it was the World Cup game 2000. Was it 2009 T20i World Cup? No. I'll give you a clue. It was against Ireland in Belfast qualifiers maybe the year the year before that 2008 Malahide, yeah Malahide or Stormont something like that you know the date uh September oh no 2nd of August oh 2nd of August I was like <laughs> he's got it he's got, no he's not <laughs> I'm really bad at this I'm so bad you actually done quite well there you have compared to a lot of our guests Okay. I'll take um, one and a half for the, the, the additional question. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we had six questions and I don't actually know how many you got right because I wasn't concentrating. No, neither. <laughs> but you did, you did all right. You don't win yeah. anything anyway. Okay. The prize is you've got to get as many hats on your head in the next T20 game. <laughs> okay. Deal. If I do that, I want that BBC Sport mic. <laughs> Deal. We'll see what we can do. Gal, you've been so much fun. Thank you for giving us your time as well. We know how busy you are over there and we know you've just come from your press conference and that's why you're still in the background of it. But you've been brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I'll be listening out for the rest of the podcast. i tell you what, what a nice bloke Carl Kurtzer is. Really enjoyed having him on the podcast. Great bloke and a great story for Scotland. Like genuinely. Yeah, so a bit of hindsight here because we recorded that episode earlier in the week. He's had two games since and we sent we sent him a challenge. Well, he's really let us down. It's almost like he wasn't thinking about no balls whilst he was out playing in World Cup fixtures. How rude that he wasn't thinking about the greatest game in the World Cup ever. The most important part of his World Cup could have been getting his hands on the no balls hat stacking 
trophy that doesn't exist. The hat stacking trophy. Well, I was watching with an eagle eye today, Crossy, because I was there, not commentating, but watching. Did he ever have more than two caps on his head? No, disappointing. I also told Mark Watt to wear a floppy, just so Kyle had to put it on his head. Yeah. He said, I can't wear a blue floppy with a purple kit. This was an issue we actually spoke about. The the England men's team only have training floppies. So when they had the red trousers, the, the blue floppy just wouldn't have worked. Doesn't look right. So there was no floppy involved, but two cap, two glasses. Pretty poor. It's just, it's what we, we know and expect from him, isn't it? Which is a shame. But genuinely loved having him on the podcast. He was a belter in terms of, I feel like we took the mick out of him and he took it really <laughs> well. I mean, did we talk about cricket or did we just take the mick out of him? Probably a bit both, but again, it's no balls. He knows what he listens. He knows what to expect. I love that he's been like waiting for like three years for his invite. He started listening. So when we spoke about him coming training, he said on his journeys he would listen to no balls, and that's how he got into it. So that was like pretty sweet. And then now he's a guest, and he's got his story out there for the world. But genuinely, like, a really good story for Scottish cricket. Yeah, and I, I saw um, Mark Watts post, actually, on Instagram just now, and he said, obviously, they're disappointed with the results, but what a group of players, and they will no doubt have had an impact on Scottish cricket, so well done, Scotland. I feel really bad for them, because they've been in a bubble now for 50-odd days, so they played out in... Oh, man, they started oh, over there, yeah. Yeah, so then they, they played a series before the World Cup, they've been in bubble since, and they fly home tomorrow morning, so they don't even get a chance to go out tonight. Oh, they don't get the night out, the end of tour night out, which is a shame, but I'm sure they'll celebrate when they get back here. They've got so much to celebrate. I do. Um, I feel like we should just touch on Jay Roy's injury while we're here. Yes, it was actually one of the hardest things as a cricket fan. I've ever had to watch. I was sat here on this sofa as he went down and my mouth was open. I was like, oh no, this poor bloke. I know, and it was so innocuous, which you know they are the worst injuries because when no one's around you and you don't twist your knee or fall or do anything, they are the worst. Um, And I was praying. I was like, please be cramp. Please be cramp. Please be cramp. But the way he was walking off, it just looked awful, didn't it? So Well, he hobbled off and then went again, didn't he? And he's like, ah, ah, and the, and it's not often you see a male cricketer cry on the pitch. No. So you know it's not great. So fingers crossed, he's actually got a scan today and the results come back tomorrow. So fingers crossed all goes well. Yeah, fingers crossed for you, Jay Roy. But England are through to the semi-finals, which is very exciting. Yes, I cannot wait. Luckily, I've got training that day and that oh, evening. Oh, no. Can't wait. Oh, so you're going to be watching on Twitter? I will have it on the old phone while training where are you on saturday where are you watching the final i i'm free are you i'm free shall we watch it together show over date night yes lovely okay let's get that in the diary i think i'm free i'll double check might make plans yeah I'll slash, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> night in with you or night no i do want to watch the cricket i actually do guys thank you again for listening to no balls the cricket podcast if you've got any stories any lbws any anything questions questions they don't even have to be cricket related they're the best send more of those in um we've really appreciated you sending us all the cricket photos of the hat stacking competition as well we're on that this week the hat stacking world cup starts the day of the semi-finals and it will go twice a day until the final all right okay we need to plan that (laughs) i say twice a day we might not have that many caps (laughs) um wait this first semi-final is wednesday the final is Saturday. Once a day. We'll we'll work it out. Again, we've not planned this. But get in touch with us on... Noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk Noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk It's, it's so, so good, good they've, they've said, said it, it twice. twice. See ya. Bye. <laughs> See ya. And cross strikes in the first over. It's what England we're looking for. Hartley rolls down the track, comes scoring this time chicken eggs. It's either six or out. It's six. Match of the day. Top 10 podcast. Gary Lineker here to bring you a little message. Match of the day. Top 10 podcast is back once again exclusively on BBC Sounds. It's too late for me now, my yeah. friend. Yeah, it's too yeah. late. It's I was going to get some more dates of match of the day then. <laughs> 
Yes, myself, Alan, and the busiest man in football punditry, Micah Richards, return for Series 5. He was never going to Man City. Man, that, man United could never, ever have allowed Cristiano Ronaldo to have gone to Manchester City. The Match of the Day Top 10 podcast, only available on BBC Sounds. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Nobles. The <laughs> Sorry, you went. <laughs> just there. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you are listening to Nobles. Kermit the Frog.